Welcome to the other side of the bars. My name is William Patrick. Welcome to my podcast. I spent 20 years in a prison as a correctional officer. When I was a kid, they said I would be a uh, inmate behind bars because I was crazy. I loved to fight, cause trouble. I had a chip on my shoulder a mile high. I wasn't racist. I hated everybody. So this is my story. I uh, came home when my daddy got sick. The only job that was going was at the corrections department. He asked me not to take it until he passed away. Here is my 20 years in corrections. I um, did my training for about five weeks. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? After the five weeks of training, we went to different institutions within the state. Our institution was not going to be built for another year. So I went to maximum security prisons. I was death row and seg trained. But because of my size, when we did open, they uh, put me on the shotgun. Other COs voted me that, and I took that job very seriously because I told the inmates as they were coming in, I don't care what color their skin is, if they're wearing a blue uniform, you go ahead and touch them you want to. I'll light you up like a Roman candle. So the inmates knew real fast that I would shoot them if I had to. Anyway, me and a young lady, she was in the control booth. I was on the shotgun. She would train other officers on the control booth. I would train officers on the shotgun. And she and I traveled together for over a year till we opened up every housing unit, every floor of the housing units. There was always an upper and a lower. The last group that came into our prison was the death row inmates. I worked at this particular prison for seven and a half years. I did not get promoted. I put in for sergeant three times at that prison, but could never get a second interview. But I was good enough to train other COs. A lot of the officers that I trained actually became supervisors, and they became my supervisor. It was a little... uh, uh, heart-wrenching sometimes, but i rather worked with the inmates. I was able to, I wouldn't say have relationships with them, but they knew me and I knew them. When I first started, the inmates had nicknamed me uh, Cold Stone Steve Austin, wrestler. When I retired or I was getting close to retired, they started calling me old school.
I had planned on writing a book about my experiences, but due to uh, one of my writers, because after I retired, I began driving for Uber and Lyft, and uh, what happened was they, uh, I had one of my passengers tell me that I like to talk so much that I should do a podcast, so so to her, I want to thank you for uh, doing that. If she hears this podcast, she'll know who it is. Anyway... People have always asked me, you know, what is it like to be in a prison? Well, bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? here's my story. The first time you walk through those gates and you hear that gate close behind you, your heart is in your throat because now you are with people who have murdered, raped, molested. Every criminal of any species has done is behind those bars. That's why my podcast, the title of it is The Other Side of the Bars. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Inmate actually gave me that name, so I hope he hears this podcast. Eventually, I'm going to do an audio book of these podcasts and interviews that I'm going to start having with uh, other officers and retired uh, people, whether they're wardens, majors, captains, lieutenants. So just uh, be prepared for that and just look forward to each episode because uh, the podcast will be done weekly. So anyway, back to my story. Sorry, I got sidetracked. <laughs> You have been arrested for drugs. You are placed in handcuffs. You are transported to jail. Bad boys, bad boys. Which is a regional jail. You are then strip searched. You are placed in a holding cell. After you're convicted in a court of law, then you will also be transported from the regional jail to a state facility, which is their intake. You will be processed there. You will uh, see a counselor, see medical, get all your prescriptions if you're on meds, uh, a psych eval uh, to make sure that you're uh, sane enough to serve time. Whether your time is minimal or maximum, it depends on where you are going to be housed at that point. They determine your classification while you're at this medium intake prison. It is a state facility. Once you are classified, then you will be transported to the prison that you will serve your time in. You are placed in handcuffs, a waist chain, and leg irons. This is how you travel with a black box. And would you believe an inmate actually invented that black box? And you have a lock placed on you. This is how you are transported. With your hands in front, with handcuffs on, with a black box attached to a waist chain. And then you have leg irons on your ankles. You will not be able to run in these, but some inmates have. So some can do it, some can't. But anyway, then you are transported to uh, a state prison after your classification, whether it's maximum, medium, or minimum. In our state, we have six levels. Number six is the supermax. The others are one two, three, four, and five. They are, the five, four, and three are also maximum security prison. The three, the four, I'm sorry. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? 
The three, the two, the one are classified medium. We have several road camps where you would go out and work during the day, but then you are brought back into a dormitory type set, just like the military. COs are usually hired if they have prior military experience because they already know the structure of the military, and the COs are pretty much like they are in the military. You take orders from people with higher rank all the way up to the warden. A prison is just like a city. The warden is the mayor, chief of security, is the chief of police. You also have assistant warden in between those two. I'm sorry. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? But then you also have the chief of security is also like a major. He could be a captain, but nine times out of ten, it's a major. And then you go down the rank from captain to you have a captain on each shift. If you're running an eight-hour shift, it's three captains, day swing and graveyard. If it's a 12-hour shift, it's only two because inmates have to be watched 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Holidays, bad weather, don't care. You come to work, you are essential personnel. Anyway, after the captain, you have lieutenants, usually the housing units. Lieutenants are in the housing units. Where I was working, there was four. Housing unit one, two, three, and four. My first institution, three was segregation and the transition pod and one GP pod. That was on top. But below, you have two seg units. Housing unit four was also a seg unit and death row. They are A, B, and C, and D pods is what they're called we have in our gp we housed 88 inmates in our seg units it was 44 the 88 inmates is two men to a cell your seg inmates are one to a cell anyway Back to my story. You are an intake. You are going back. You're going to prison for the first time. Like I said, you're in handcuffs, black box, waist chain, leg irons. You are, you go through a salad port. You're actually pulled off a bus in the salad port, which is two gates in between. They are locked. You go um, into the uh, salad port area. We have holding cells in there. Usually there's a lieutenant or if we have to, a captain. That is there watching COs strip the inmates down completely to their birthday suits. They are then searched, not by hand, but verbally. You open your mouth, you raise your arms, you squat, you cough, because inmates can hide contraband anywhere. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? I've seen it taped on their back. I've seen it up their rectum. Usually, if there's something up their rectum, then we call the doctor from our medical unit to come to the saliport. Nine times out of ten, there's also nurses there as well. Usually, if it's uh, seg inmates that, that are coming in from another unit, we have a male nurse, and he searches them literally himself. And like I said, he stands there with us the whole time. We're under supervision the whole time, so you can't say that we we did something to you prove that we did because it's all hands off the only thing we touch is the clothing and we're wearing rubber gloves we don't touch you only to re-restrain you that's all we do is we take the handcuffs off the chains off the leg iron speaking about a captain while i'm thinking on it years ago i had a had a lieutenant where i first started my institution and he became a captain i i ended up going to a road camp and he actually let me come back 
back for my in-service. But he passed away of a heart attack in his sleep. So this podcast is dedicated to him. And the Lord knows who he is, and he knows who he is. So I'm not going to say his name on the recording. But he definitely trained me well. And he is missed. He was a Cowboy fan, too. Dallas Cowboys. That's my team as well. Back to the uh, to the intake. I'm sorry I got diverted again. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? Once you're searched, you are you put your clothes back on. But actually, we give you our clothes. And the clothes that you came in on are sent to laundry. And what happens after that, you are put in into a jumpsuit. That's what we're at our institutions. Each housing unit has a different color. And you're handcuffed again, your leg ironed again, and then waist chain. You are escorted by two COs to your housing unit. Actually, if we have a multitude of inmates coming in at the same time, time then we have several inmate officers with you transporting you by walking we then place our hands on you to escort you usually just above the elbow and we will hold your your back of your arm not tight but just in the escort transporting once you get to the housing unit and you're assigned a cell in the intake building then we put you in the cell you kneel on the bed we take your leg irons off first then we tell the control booth officer once we step out to close the door. Well, actually, we would take the waist chain in the black box off. All you would have on you is handcuffs at this point. Then the cell door will close. We open the trace lock. We order you to put your hands out. At that point, we would take the handcuffs off. If you're in SEG, we would start a chart. If you're in GP, well, in the intake pod, it's usually GP. But we have also have inmates that go straight to segregation because that's where they came out of. And depending on their violent nature. A psychiatrist would usually come talk to you. Medical would come and talk to you again. A counselor will come and talk to you that's in charge of that pod, the intake pod. They would get all your information. They would have your records transferred from the one institution that, that you were the intake in temporarily and then transfer your records to the institution that you're going to be staying at. Right now, that's the intake process. You stay usually in the intake building until you're assigned to wherever you're going to go. GP, segregation, whatever at that point and that's usually a few weeks depending on your classification you get three square meals a day usually sent in by tray you have in pod rec you at a maximum security you also have outside rec but you're in like a caged area like with basketball court a track that you could round in segregation you have a it's like a dog pen you are escorted out by two officers you're put in this pen locked down in the cage your your handcuffs are removed and you stay out there for for an hour. You get an hour wreck three times a week. That's the intake process, the beginning of a life in prison as an inmate. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? If you uh, join my um, Facebook group, which is called The Other Side of the Bars. Look it up. I will have extra stuff on there. I will even do live on that group. We can really get to know each other and start really telling stories about it, what it's like to be behind the bars. (laughs) 